Turn with me, please, to the book of Matthew and the seventh chapter. Matthew 7. I believe we're in a season of fulfillment, in a season of harvest. You know, life is in cycles, it's in seasons. Seed time and harvest, obey, sometimes sacrifice, and then reap. Hallelujah. Rewards. And uh, humbling yourself, and being dedicated, and then being promoted. Hallelujah. Advancing. Life is in cycles and seasons. And uh, the main thing is that you don't quit. You don't jump out in the middle of a cycle and not find out what was at the end of it. So uh, be, be excited about this time we're living in, about this phase of your life. We began, uh, what was it, a couple of weeks ago, on a series we're calling Mercy Over Judgment. Mercy Over Judgment. And that's some of the best news you ever heard, whether you realize it or not. It'll become clearer as we go. But in Matthew 7, one of our main texts, Matthew 7 and verse 1, he said, Judge not, Jesus said. Why? Why do you tell us not to judge? I think a lot of people in their mind just think, because it's bad. (laughs) Don't judge. Why? Because it's bad. He could have said, don't judge because it's bad. (laughs) Couldn't he? But he didn't say that. What did he say? Judge not. The understood subject is you. Don't you judge. Why? So that you won't be judged. Can you be judged? Can a Christian be judged? The answer is yes. We're going to see ample scripture about it. Would you care whether you got judged or not? Would it matter in your life? How would it affect you? The opposite of being judged is being forgiven and being shown mercy and receiving grace to help in your time of need. So the difference between being judged And being shown grace and mercy is the difference between not making it and making it. If you make it through temptations other people fell in, it'll be because of the grace and mercy of God. If you make it through challenges and attacks and experiences that devastated other people, and not only were you not devastated, but when the wind quit blowing and the waves quit beating, you weren't even moved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you came out better than before. It's not because you're smarter and prettier than everybody else. It's because of the grace of God and the mercy of God. And instead of being judged, you were shown grace and mercy. Do you know who gets shown grace and mercy? Not everybody. You know who doesn't get judged? Those who don't judge. And those are shown mercy who showed 
mercy. Thank you, Lord. That's what these scriptures, our texts, say very, very clearly. So if you don't want to get judged, what's the big thing? Don't judge. Don't judge. And almost every Christian, whether they've been born again two days or 50 years, knows that. Don't they? They particularly know it to tell you to back off and don't judge me. You're not supposed to judge. Don't judge me. But usually, if that was said to somebody, what is their response? Oh, I wasn't judging you. And to hear most of the body of Christ describe it, there really is hardly any judging going on throughout the whole body, which makes you wonder, why did Jesus say this? No, what is the reality? Let me say this, and don't, you know, if you've got any stones, lay them down. <laughs> I'd be very surprised and impressed if you went all week without judging somebody this past week. I'd be very surprised and quite impressed. <laughs> Why? Judging is everywhere. It's everywhere. People are just not calling it that. They're denying that they are and calling it all manner of other things. Why is there so much of it going on? Because the enemy, the God of this world, will tempt you every day to judge somebody. Why would he care? Because he wants you to get judged. The only way he can get to you and get access to you to hurt you and to destroy you is to get judgment against you. A picture of a behind the scenes of that is in the book of Job. What was the enemy doing? Came up before God. What was he trying to do? Did he accuse Job? And try to get judgment against him. Why? And if you read without going into it. I think before the series is over. We'll, we'll take, maybe take some time. Go into the details of this. But what happened. Is the devil accused Job. And Job got judged. And the judgment allowed the destroyer access to Job. Because before that. There was a a protection around everything he had. And though the enemy wanted to get to him and hurt him, he couldn't. And after that, if you read the next 40 chapters, Job was upset with God. And Job's three friends came to comfort and stayed to judge. Man, that has happened a lot of times. People mean well. They come to comfort and stay to judge. You might say, yeah, people have done that to me. Have you ever done it to the other people? <laughs> Do you see how, what the tendency is? Yeah, 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 yeah. No. Turn that power of discernment back this way. 
and see what you pick up. (laughs) Now that's just not my thought and idea. That's the rest of the verse. Are you there? Before I read it, Job's three friends judged Job. Then Job got mad and Job judged God. That's one of the big things he had to repent over. How many know Job had to repent at the the end of the book here? He said, I repent, dust and ashes. I've spoken once, yea, twice, but I'm going to lay my hand on my mouth right now. He said, I said things I shouldn't have said. But the Bible said in James, God had mercy on Job. Oh, hallelujah. Did he forgive him? He forgave him for judging. And he told his three friends, if he'll pray for you, I'll forgive you. So the very fellow there judging, they had to get to pray for him. You'll find this happens often. The very person you speak against is the one you wind up later needing something from. And that's no accident. The Lord lets it work out that way. (laughs) So it just pays to be nice to everybody all the time. And sow some good seed for yourself to whatever's coming down the road. Read it out loud again. These are the words of the master. Red letters. What does it say? What did he tell you and me? Judge not. Why? That you be not judged. So you won't be judged. Keep reading. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. Ever how you judge them is going to happen to you. It's how you're going to, you or I are going to be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. How many would say that is absolutely fair? That's weak. Well, how would you do it? If you're God dealing with all of us, how would you do it? You say, oh, I just, I just let everything go. I mean, I'm fine with. <laughs> no, nah, if he's God, you wouldn't see it that way. He's known by his righteous judgments. There's a whole lot of things there that we need to get to. Judgment is one of the fundamental doctrines of Christ. It's one of the big ones. And we need to understand different aspects of it. But I think one of the biggest things we need to get is. Don't do it. (laughs) Right? Just don't do it. Tell your neighbor, help them out. Say, just, just don't. Don't. Don't do it. Don't do what? Don't judge. Have you ever judged? Yes, sir. I said, have you ever judged? Yes, sir. Let me help you out with that. <laughs> you betcha you have. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> but did we call it that? Did we, did we recognize it? Did we acknowledge it? <laughs> When's the last time somebody said, don't judge me and you went, oh Lord, forgive me. That's right. I'm going to repent. I'm asking you to forgive me. And I'm, Lord, forgive me for judging. <laughs> When's the last time you did that? Been a while. Huh? <laughs> Verse 3. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in your brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in your own eye? This is a graphic 
illustration of judging. Now what a whole lot of Christians call it judging, that they're pointing out that you got something in your eye. No, they wouldn't call that judging. It's quiet in here, isn't it? This is what this illustration is for. It's showing how judging works. Why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye? A mote is a speck. They got a speck in their eye. Maybe they didn't wash their face real good this morning or or whatever the case might be, but they, they got a little speck there. And it just bothers you because you don't like specks. In fact, you feel like you have the ministry of speck discernment. (laughs) And the Lord shows you these specks and you just see specks everywhere. They're just specks all in the body. And it's a crying shame, all these specks. (laughs) And the reality is that at the present moment, you're not even considering that you don't have a speck. You got a beam. A beam is a log. Two by four. Four by four. You got a plank, not a speck. A plank in your own eye. Now, how many understand? It is hypocrisy. It is ridiculous. That you got a plank over your face and you carrying on about this speck that they have. That's not reasonable. How can you do that? How can you do The only way you can do it is to act like you don't have a beam. And to conveniently forget about your glaring beam problem (laughs) and to act like oh that's different that's different yeah that beam I've had that (laughs) in fact I I feel like that's my cross to bear you know God gave me this beam but you don't need to be concerned about that beam it's that speck It's that speck is the problem. It's hindering the body of Christ. (laughs) That is judging. Verse 4. How will you say to your brother, let me pull out that moat out of your eye. And behold, a beam is in your own eye. How could you not see a beam? Truth is, you did see the beam. There was a time when you were completely aware of the being. But you didn't judge yourself over the beam and you got used to living with the beam and making excuses for the beam and you live with the beam for 20 years. Beam across the face just seems like normal life. Verse 5. What's the first two words? What did Jesus say? You hypocrite. Listen to this, friends. The only way we can judge another man or woman is to be a hypocrite. That's the only way you can do it. If you're judging, you're being hypocritical. 
There's no other way around it. If you set yourself up to judge somebody else, you're acting like you have not done or could not or would not do what they're doing. And if you'd be honest with yourself, you know you've done similar things spiritually or worse. Now, if you say, well, no, I haven't, I would never do that. You need to go back and listen to last Sunday's message and go through the scriptures with us and see what the word says about this. Have you sinned? Anybody in here that has never sinned? Listen carefully. You've never sinned. How many have sinned and come short of the glory of God? Well, if you're upset about what they did, if they did miss it, how's that different from what you did? Oh, it's just different. No, it's not. Spiritually, it's not. They violated light. So did you. They were disobedient. So were you. They didn't trust You didn't either. The details might be different. You hypocrite. First cast the beam out of your own eye. Then shall you see clearly to cast the moat out of your brother's eye. Somebody say amen. Amen. Go ahead and pray it. Say Lord show me how to do this. I'm willing to learn. Go with me to James. James. Chapter 2, verse 4, James 2, 4. He said, are you not partial in yourselves, if you play favorites, as he was saying, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Young's literal says you've become ill-reasoning judges. Skip down to verse 8. Verse 8. If you fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you do well. Now here's another thing. If you're judging, you're not loving. Did you hear me, friends? Now I've released faith for light about judging. Do we need to know these things? Do we care if we're judged or not? I mean, this, this comes right back to our benefit. And so I'm believing the Lord for clear revelation of what is judging and what's not. Because we're not going to deal with it unless we first identify it and acknowledge what's going on here. And so the Lord's already given us two good things here. Are you with me? Number one, you can't judge without being hypocritical. Did you hear that? Don't let these things get away from you. These, I don't believe these are things I just figured out. Are thought up. They're in the scripture. And it's something the Lord's quickening to us right now. You can't judge without being hypocritical. And then secondly, what we just mentioned to you now? If you're judging, you're not loving. You're not loving. And there's other things we'll, we'll touch on, but that's what he's talking about judging, and now he's talking about keeping the love command. And in verse... Uh, 12, I'm reading the uh, ASV. So speak ye and so do as men that are to be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to him that has showed no mercy. Mercy glorieth against judgment. 
Hallelujah. Mercy glorieth. The NIV says it like this. Verse 13. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. You know, people sometimes say, well, you've made your bed hard. Now you're going to have to lay in it. You've sown it. Now you're going to have to reap it. Not if you get mercy. (laughs) Yes, there are case after case where people have messed up and made serious mistakes and sown bad things and judgment is due and judgment is coming. All of us were there. Because of sinning and coming short of the glory of God. All we faced in this life and past it was judgment for our sins. But. 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 God had mercy. Mercy on us. And Jesus took our place. And by faith in him we don't get judgment we don't get what we sowed we don't get what we deserved we get mercy now listen saints now for us having been shown this kind of mercy to turn around and refuse to show mercy to our brother and sister it actually can disqualify us from mercy And put us back under judgment. Now if if you don't understand that. Or think you don't believe that. Do not just throw that away. Before we're through. We're going to see a lot of scriptures. How many believe there must be a reason. Why Jesus said don't judge. So you won't be judged. He said. In the easy to read. Verse 13. You must show mercy to others. If you do not show mercy, then God will not show mercy to you when he judges you. But the one who shows mercy can stand without fear before the judge. (laughs) Even though you've done a bunch of stuff. You don't have to have any fear. How many know if if you're standing in faith in what Jesus has done... And washed by the blood. I don't have to be afraid. Of what's going to happen past this life. I don't have to be afraid. When the judgment begins to come. On all beings. That we read about. In in Revelation and in other places. And the judgment seat of Christ. And all these other things. The Bible said we can have boldness. (laughs) On that day. How in the world could you? Because you know. Mercy. Mercy has triumphed over judgment. Oh, somebody say, mercy has triumphed over judgment. Boy, when we realize that, we will cry tears of joy. We will shout hallelujahs. We will run around the room when we realize what this really means. But, but. If we choose, having experienced this kind of mercy, to turn around and refuse to show mercy 
to our brother and judge them, what's going to happen to us? Then we will be judged. But mercy triumphs over judgment. Go to the fourth chapter. Let's go further in identifying and defining this ugly stuff called judging. Do you have a desire to get it out of your life? To get rid of it? To stop it? Then pray another prayer with me. Let's release faith. Say it out loud. Father God, in my heart, I choose to believe you and I set myself to judge no more. I am not the judge. You are the judge. Open my eyes and ears and heart and mind. Help me to recognize judgment. What it looks like. What it sounds like. What it acts like. And by your grace, I'll get it out of my life and give no more place to it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Go to, please, the fourth chapter of James. James 4. And verse 11. Well, uh, read verse 10 with it. James 4.10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Now, here's, here's another nugget concerning judging. Judging is being proud. You have to be prideful, be acting pridefully to judge. To even take on the role of judge is some kind of pride. Because we are not qualified at all. Acting like you're qualified to judge is hypocrisy, it's not loving those people, and it's pride. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. He'll lift you up. Now notice the very next verse, very next verse. What did he say? Speak not evil one of another. Brothers, he that speaketh evil of his brother and judges his brother, do you see the word and there? So here's another way of saying judging. Speaking evil about somebody is judging them. Now evil, we saw this some months ago talking about another subject. Probably today we wouldn't so much say evil as we would just say bad. Evil is the opposite of good. And today what do we call the opposite of good? Bad. Anytime we're saying anything bad about anybody, we need to examine ourselves. Are you judging? Because again and again, that's the case. Are we complimenting them? Are we saying something good about them? (laughs) Well, if you're saying something bad about them, again and again, You're judging them. Judging is deciding. The judge sits on the bench. 
He decides what's legal, what's not legal. Who's guilty, who's not guilty. They did this. They shouldn't have done that. Really? You the judge. They should have done this. What's wrong with them? What were they thinking? I would never. You definitely judging now. Because <laughs> not only could you, you already have. Remember that beam? Yes. <laughs> I didn't say all this would be pretty or fun. But is it Bible? Come on, is it Bible? Is it important? I'm, t- I'm excited already about this because I can, I'm getting glimpses of what's coming down the road. There are answers in this. There are answers of receiving things that people have been trying to receive for years. Hallelujah. And doing acting on this is the way to absolutely shut the door and lock it to the devil getting in your life. I mean, you can just keep him looking for a way to get in, but you won't give it to him because you won't quit walking in love. You won't judge and you won't quit walking in faith. And you just keep overcoming and overcoming and overcoming and overcoming. Sit out loud. Don't speak evil of each other. He said, he that speaks evil of his brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law. If you're talking bad about your brother, you're actually talking bad about the word. And judging the law. But if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. Remember, you can't judge without being hypocritical. If you're judging someone for something, Romans 2.1 says you're guilty of the same. And so you're not being a doer of what you said they should do. You know, people judge each other a lot over the area of money. Did you know how much they paid for that? Do you know what could have been done with that money? Do you know how many people could have been fed with that money? You know how many houses could have been built with that money? You know how many people could have been clothed with that money? When you hear that, one word needs to just flash. Hypocrite. Hypocrite. Why? I assure you, nobody can talk like that without being a hypocrite. From the word, I know this. Why? You, you go to ask them. Okay, what percentage should we give? And how do you know we're not already doing that? And here's a little question right under it. What percentage do you give? (laughs) Huh? Now, if you're not giving at least the percentage you say we should be giving, what are you? Yeah, but that's different. You know, I'm not a preacher. I don't claim to be anything. (laughs) Yeah, but honey, you're going to get judged with the same judgment. You're not going to be judged by what I think you should do. You'll be judged by what you said somebody else should do. 
That's the measure and standard that will be used against you because you said this is what everybody should do. This is what they should do. You said it. So that's the standard you'll be measured by. When you learn this, you just almost quit having opinions. You just, you just go, well, you know, they gave $100,000 for their dog's air conditioning and doghouse. You go, good for them, man. Just <laughs> glory to God. <laughs> they, they this, they that. Hey, none of, none of my business. I'm, hey, if they're happy, that's between them and the Lord. Is that right? But when you get all huffy, you get all mad, and you get all agitated, you're not walking in love, and you're judging already. And you're being a hypocrite. Come on, can you see this? Because you are not doing what you claim they should be doing. Hallelujah. Moving right along. Verse 12. There is one lawgiver who's able to save and to destroy. Who are you that judges another? See, this reveals the pride aspect of it. Who do you think you are that you have set yourself up that you're the standard? If you get mad at somebody else and you say, they paid too much for that, their their house is too big, their car is too expensive, and and they did this and they did that. Well, what's the standard? What kind of house should we have? How many of the answer to that? Like theirs. They are the standard. Everybody else should endeavor to be like. Nobody could dare have any more faith or vision than them. They're the standard. You should be like me. Who do you think you are? Right? Yes, sir. You've set yourself up as the standard. No, the truth is, other people just have more faith or more vision. And you ought to show respect and be glad for them. And if you'll be happy, you can come up too. And do more too. But if you get bitter and angry and fault find, and backbite. Anybody know what fault finding is? It's finding something wrong with them. How many know you, you, you can't find fault without looking for fault? If you won't go fault seeking, you won't be fault finding. <laughs> Just don't look for it. Don't look for deficiencies in their life. Don't look for where they're missing it. That's not your business. Right? What if they are? That's between them and the Lord. (laughs) What's backbiting? Anybody know what backbiting is? Biting somebody behind their back. What does that mean? You're saying negative things about them. He said, don't speak evil one of another. Don't speak bad about them. So you're not saying something good about them. You're saying, and a lot of times it starts off with this, did you hear? Have you heard about so-and-so? Mm-mm-mm. Now, you know, I'm, 
I'm not judging them or anything, but <laughs> pretty much every time somebody says that, they're judging. Why did it cross their mind to say I'm not judging? Why did judging even cross your mind? Because you is. <laughs> now I'm not, I'm not judging, you know. Now, with all due respect, <laughs> usually means you ain't showing any respect. <laughs> Why would it be on your mind, see? Because your heart's trying to get a hold of you, and you're just running over it. Now, don't get upset. All of us have missed it in these areas. Every one of us has made mistakes in these areas. And it's also been the reason why some doors have been opened. For some problems in our life. How many want to shut the doors? Shut the doors and not get judged. Be protected. Get grace. Get mercy. Avoid things. Miss problems. Let me read the the BBE verse 9 says. Say no hard things against one another. Brothers. So that you'll not be judged. See the judge is waiting at the doors. You'll find this through other places in the scripture. Speak no evil of any man. Titus 3 and 2. Uh, 1 Peter 2. Lay aside malice and guile and hypocrisies and envies and evil speaking. When you get to looking for it, you'll see it's in numerous places throughout the word of God. Ephesians 4. Turn there. Just go there with me for a moment. Ephesians 4.29. What did he say? Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. How much of this? Don't let any of it. Are there a bunch of things we should not let come out of our mouth? Now this shows we can control it. But that which is good. What's good the opposite of? Evil or bad. That which is good to the use of what? Edifying. That it may minister grace to the hearers. How many understand that critical speak and and gossip and judging and bitterness is not going to minister grace to anybody. It's not going to build anybody up. And not only do we need to not do it, but we need to not let other folks use our ears as garbage pails. Whether it's in person or on the phone or email, or text, or whatever. If somebody wants to start talking about somebody, you need to say, hey, 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 that's not going to help them. Let's pray for them. Let's do this. Let's, let's send them a gift. <laughs> right? That's not going to help them. This word, backbiting, speaking evil of that, that phrase is also translated speaking against. And that's what you'll find is in common with this phraseology. You're not talking for them. You're speaking against them. And if you are, then you've taken sides with the enemy of their soul, the accuser of the brethren. Who's inspiring you? To speak against them. 
It's not the Holy Spirit. I said it's not the Holy Spirit. Who would inspire you? If, if you look at the scriptures, the, the scribes, the, the chief priests, the Pharisees, those Sadducees, what were they trying to do with Jesus all the time? I mean, the very language is there. They sought means to accuse him. They spoke against him. You'll find that phrase all through the gospel account. To find fault, to speak against, to accuse. Who's behind that? Who's stirring them up? Who's putting those thoughts in their mind? And the same thing with Paul in the book of Acts and the epistles. I mean, people followed him around, paid their own way to stir up trouble against him. Somebody say against him. They spoke against him. They found fault with him, tried to lay things to his charge, accusing him, accusing him, accusing him. Who would inspire you to accuse them of wrongdoing? The accuser of the brethren. How many are with me? I don't want to be the devil's mouthpiece. I don't want to let him use any of my faculties to express anything against anybody. I'm not against you. I'm for you. Is that right? As we say in Arkansas and South Missouri, fur. I'm not again. I'm fur. How many know you can be for somebody without liking everything they have done, without approving everything they have done or hadn't done? You can still be for them, for them making it, for them overcoming, for them coming out, for them getting restored. If they're way off, I'm for you getting back. Right? Right? Even if you've messed up terribly, if I'm going to be honest, I've messed up too. Did I lose somebody? Have you messed up too? Well, what if you've messed up terribly? What if you you find yourself laying in the ditch and you have done stuff you never dreamed you would get so low to do? What do you want right now? You want folks talking against you? Do words matter? Even if they're said over the phone or at somebody's kitchen or at some restaurant, words are spiritual. They release things. Life or death is in the power of the tongue. Is that right? right. And when you're speaking ill of somebody and you're speaking bad over them, you are releasing spiritual force against them. It's not going to edify them. It's not going to help them. It can hurt them. There have been times in my life that, and I'm not talking about I robbed a bank or, or had an affair or whatever, but there's been some, there's one situation I'm thinking about now. I didn't do anything wrong in this situation, but some folks said I did. And as the days and weeks and months went by, I could feel people talking against me. You could feel it. It's spiritual. It's real. Can you feel these things? It's cumulative. And especially when you get more in the eye of the public. When you hear somebody, preachers, people of God, and they're on the news, 
and their own national news, even if they've blown it, pray for them, man, because the pressure of millions of people talking bad about you and talking down against you, you can feel it. And you've got to be strong not to let it affect you and cause you to just want to give up and quit. Well, in the midst of all this, how many understand that's ungodly? Ungodly people do that. In the midst of all this, let's say you're the one laying in the ditch. What do you want? Come on, what do you want? You want somebody. Somebody like a loving grandma. That no matter what, will never give up on you, boy. Come on, is that right? We'll take you back anyway. Somebody, they're not going to tell you what you did was right. They're not going to prove everything you did. But they still love you. And they are for you. That's what needs to come out of our mouth. Not something that can be against them. Spiritually. So we need to ask ourselves. If you're going to start talking about this situation. What I'm about to say. Will that help them? Is it edifying? Will it build up the person I'm talking to? Or now they're going to get to thinking about it and talking about it. They're going to tell somebody else it's all going to be negative. You're better off not bringing it up to start with. Read the rest of this phrase, please. Let no corrupt communication. How much? None. None. Proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace to the hearers and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you're sealed to the day of redemption. A whole lot of talk. People imagine that this or that grieves the Holy Spirit. This that we're talking about right now. Speaking against people grieves the Holy Spirit. And you know it. You and I have all experienced. I mean some of the worst grieving of the Holy Spirit that I have sensed in my own life is when I said something against somebody. I mean, there's been times, you know, you said something dumb. Somebody's talking against somebody and talking bad, and you piped up and added your two cents to it. And boy, as soon as they left, oh man, oh, you felt bad in your spirit. You thought, why did I say that? I shouldn't have said that. Why? Why do you sense that that grieving in you? Because the one in you, you have grieved. And you're sensing that. And it's time to do some serious repenting because you have, you're acting proud. You're acting a hypocrite. You've set yourself up as a judge. You've chosen not to love them and release words that would hurt them. How many can see? This is no small thing. This is serious stuff. It's time to repent when that happens. And learn better. And next time, don't let yourself get sucked into it and pulled into it. When, when people are talking bad about folks, and I'm not talking about unsaved people, I'm talking about Christian people, church-going people, including your own family. You say, well, that, that's my family. I can talk about, uh-uh, no, 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 no. Jesus didn't say, judge not, of course, unless it's your family. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. Just Judge not. Hallelujah. And when that begins, when people are judging around you, you will feel pulled to join in. 
That's why it happens so much and so frequently because they're talking about what they did and how sorry it was and how crazy it was, how stupid it was and I can't believe they did that and can you believe this and, 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 and you will feel pulled and words will come to you to say. You know why? You're inspired. And it's not the Lord. It's the accuser of the brethren. You will have to be strong to not join in. Why? Because there are spiritual forces trying to pull you in. Why? This ain't got nothing to do or anything to do with the ones you're talking about. What's going on now is the enemy of your soul is trying to work a case against you. If he can get you to judge them, he can start some judgment headed your way. Can you see this? Man, this is shouting ground. We're not ignorant of his devices. Hallelujah. Woo! Oh, somebody say glory to God. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you're sealed to the day of redemption. Verse 31. All this goes together. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and what? Evil speak. What is evil speaking? It's saying bad things about people. If you're not saying good things about them, what are you saying? If you're saying something that's not kind, it's not complimentary, again and again you're judging. Let it be put away from you with all malice. And verse 32, what? What do you do instead? What do you do instead of talk about people? Be kind one to another. And what else? What's the opposite of tenderhearted? Hard-hearted. Well, I hope they get what's coming to them. (laughs) Guess what's coming to you? (laughs) Did I say it or or did the Lord say it? You're going to be judged with whatever judgment you judged. Do you want them to get what's coming to them? No, because you're not against them. You're for them. Even if they've hit rock bottom, you want to see them come up. Come on, do you want? Love wants to see them come up. Love wants to see them overcome. Get free. Get restored. Be better than they ever were. And not just say it trying to be a good Christian. Love genuinely wants to see that happen for them. And so, you don't want to say anything against them. You want to send some words for them. This is one of the things your leaders can do for you if you're hooked and submitted. If you're faithful. There's numerous times, different ones in the church, things have come up. We don't say this all the time. It's not necessary. But it's part of what God does with your leaders. I've prayed for you. And all kind of situations as I know them. Even if I'm out on the road or in meetings or other things. And a lot of times the Lord will bring it up and speak this over them. And I'll say, they're coming out. In Jesus name. Be strong. Be quickened. Now, what's the opposite of that? Me sitting around and talking about what you did. Come on, can you see this? And why in the world they do that? That's a crazy thing. 
And just talking about how bad it is. That's not going to help you. But instead of speaking words that are against. We can speak words that edify. Even if people don't know it. Just like you could feel it. If the whole country was talking against you. If that's true. Then if faith and love filled people are speaking for you. Come on are you listening? If they're speaking for you. You can feel that too. In fact, that's greater and stronger than the other. Hallelujah. I know a good minister friend of mine just recently, he said, I know you bound to felt some things a few days ago. I said, what? He said, I was speaking over you, brother. (laughs) Hallelujah. And then we may not realize it, but there are times you might have been dragging a little bit. You might have been feeling a little discouraged. And all at once, you just got a fire built up under you. And you thought, all right, I can do this, you know. And what happened is greater grace came into your life. And instead of somebody speaking against you, they're speaking for you. Good things. Instead of speaking evil, they're speaking good over your life. Oh, friends, with a whole world full of negative and hate and bitter and ugly, you may be the only one in that situation that is not going the way of the world and just stand up and begin to speak. No, no, no. They're coming out. In Jesus' name, they're coming out. They're coming out. Lord, I speak strength over them. I just surround them by faith with love and faith. Lord, strengthen them and quicken them in their inner man. I speak over them. They're coming out. They're coming out. (laughs) Phyllis and I have done that over many of you. Many different times. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. How many think you ought to return the favor? Yes, sir. You ought to return the favor and do it for other people. Particularly when you see they're going through some stuff. Don't talk bad about them. Speak good over them. Let them know at least one person is not against them. Get somebody for you. You're not without. You got somebody in your corner. In fact, you got more than one. You got Jesus. Is that right? You got Jesus. And you got me too. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Be kind one to another. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. That's the opposite of judging. Even as God for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Stand on your feet, everybody. Hallelujah. Just stand, and if you would, close your eyes and focus on the Lord. Said out loud, we, we need to do some repenting. Say it out loud, Father God, forgive me for letting the enemy use my mouth to speak against anyone about anything. I have no part with him, and he has nothing in me. He is the accuser of the brethren. He's against us all. And he's trying to hurt us all. all. That's not me. me. I'm with you, Lord. Lord. And you're for us. And if you be for us, us, who can be against us? us? 
I make myself available. Quicken me to recognize the opportunity and give me words that I may speak words of grace, words of faith, words of life, even over difficult situations, over people when they're down, when they've fallen, when they've missed it. Quicken me. Help me to realize how to be for them and never against them, that I may never be with the enemy, but always with you. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just lift your hands and thank Him and praise Him. Hallelujah. Let's just praise Him some, Lord. We thank you. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.